1: Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Coming off the worst day for the Dow in a couple of months, and this morning futures add to losses as the president at the NATO summit says a China deal could be delayed until after the 2020 election. Europe's reacting to that and the possibility of some new U.S. tariffs on French goods. Got the two-year yield, the lowest in about two weeks. Our roadmap this morning begins with to wait or not to wait. The president says might be better to delay a China trade deal until after the 2020 election.
0: Plus, stocks are a bit spooked by that. Futures are pointing to a sharply lower open as investors weigh this new political rhetoric.
1: And trade tit for tat. The Trump White House proposing a wave of tariffs on French goods in response to the French tax on digital services like Facebook and Google. So trade remaining in focus in what so far is a rough start to December for stocks. Just hours ago in London, president made that market-moving comment regarding China trade.
3: The China trade deal is dependent on one thing. Do I want to make it?: I have no deadline though. No. In some ways, I think it's better to wait till after the election. You want to know the truth? I think in some ways it's better to wait till after the election with China. But I'm not going to say that. I just think that. I just tell you.
1: Uh, so we got uh, Brazil, Argentina, uh, France on the table, and obviously, as you said on Twitter um, a while ago, Jim, here, the Chinese pulled the rug out from yeah. they
2: did. I mean, look, let's just understand. Uh, The the hardliners were saying, once you, in the White House, were saying that the Chinese are going to have the upper hand if we actually have the Mnuchin, Schwartzman, Thornton, uh, I can't believe I'm throwing back to this one, Kissinger, uh, Paulson days. These are the guys who want deal one because phase one is about opening up the market to the American Express of the world. That if you give them that, they are going to come back on Saturday and say, you know what, Uh uh-uh. We're not happy. Now you've got to roll back tariffs. That's exactly what happened. The president feels completely betrayed, I believe, by the new Mnuchin wing. And that's why he lashed out. He's lashed out his own guys. He, he thinks the Chinese are very clever. He knew that, you know, the Wait, right... I'm trying the, to understand what has changed. What, what am I missing that's the changed? Hard-liners the hardliners were saying if... hardliners where? Here. In the White House. All right. We're so s- Navarro. was saying if you just shut up, maybe we can get a good deal. But no, they... they he, the Navarro wing believes that you made it so it's difficult for the president to have a tough negotiation while you put out the word that there's a deal on the table. Meaning- and the China, you know, the, the, the hard wing said, listen, here's what they're going to do. They're going to say you got to roll back the tariffs before you get that deal. And that's precisely what happens. So the president feels as betrayed as he did when he went to Argentina. Meaning what? That he's now trying to carve out different negotiating territory for himself by saying things like this? No, he's just saying to the, you know, don't try to, you know, look, you guys want to play hardball again? You want to go, you you agreed that you were, that we were happy to stay the December 15 tariffs, okay, in return for a deal. Now it's not enough. They got to roll back the tariffs. The Chinese, David, are as mercurial... It's the president of the United States. Okay, right. But and but we should point out the administration's not
0: on one page then, right? I mean, you would conceivably want to have the same negotiating posture the whole way. Yes, different the, the
2: some of the harder liners in the White House have somewhat said, look, you know, the president, the Chinese think that there's a, that there's, they don't understand the way this government works. They made a mistake here. The Senate, David, they've not broken the ranks. This is not Nixon in 73, okay? There isn't a single Senate, Republican." That has broken with the leadership. They don't have the votes. I don't know if the Chinese don't understand that. Like, gotta win that, you gotta get What, the votes you're moving out to impeachment? Well, that's what the 2020 thing is. Right. That there's not, there's gonna be an election, and, you know, give us a try. The candidates other than Biden are you very think hard. He's serious about that? No, I think he was angry at the moment. But he's president, so you gotta take him seriously. It was a great moment. Did you watch it when it happened? It was like 518. The p- p- pajama guys with the feet, the Carter's the feet pajama guys, Dr. Denton's. They were in there jamming the futures up. Saying it's been good day. And then like
1: the president drops his bomb. But the president's upset, as you would be. Yeah, well, we're, we're close to would. session lows here now. So let's let's be straight. You do not think the December 15 tariffs will be delayed.
2: I said that yesterday. I said I can't believe that the Chinese moved the goalposts again. I cannot believe they played right into Navarro's hand, that wing, and uh,
0: moving the goalposts th- by having said or at least they that they want. Roll they
2: want they the said, "Listen, back. if you give us the no December 15, we'll agree to a deal." And that was the op. That was the plan on Friday,
1: yeah. Saturday. They well, that's changed. That's what the Chinese it. want, and that's what the market expects. Right. And then right. Saturday, the Chinese changed it. Said, "You know what? That's not good enough."
2: We want a rollback of the tariffs.
0: Jim, December 15th, we get those tariffs. I mean, one oh, would yeah. imagine the market's not going to respond particularly well oh. to that. Genius.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, do I always think, like to say a keen sense for the uh, obvious. I do think but, that the market will discount discounted for somewhat. But I, I told what, you yesterday I didn't like the market. I mean, I didn't like the market because now the Chinese are putting together that unreliables list. And then everybody has to guess who's on the unreliables list. Is, is it Apple.
1: Well, wow, this um, imminent blacklist that's been reported the over there seems to target more diplomats and politicians. Marco Rubio is going to be on it, right? If yeah, there is well, one. I mean,
2: you know, there are a lot of people in the, you know, the,
1: the PLA wing.
2: Remember, it's not like you if you lose Xi, you necessarily get, uh, you know, Muhammad Gandhi. You get the PLA, the warriors who are not that particularly into what we're doing. You know why I went to here last night? I don't. No. Well, you better stay at you better stay afloat here. James Comey. Ah, no, With uh, Jim Stewart, yes. No friend of the president, just, just in case you At the 90-second That Street obvious y. angle you put. Yeah. He said that he wished that he, I, Jim Stewart, Pulitzer Prize winning writer, by the way, who comes on the show a lot. Yeah, I, joined us Sim, what, what would you agree with Trump on? And, the pre, and Comey said the Obama administration was not tough enough on the Chinese stealing of intellectual property and not tough enough on Chinese 5G. And the president's right about that. So.
0: I think a lot of that, And I think, by the way, there is bipartisan support on that, if you well, want to call it that. Well, that's and the idea of waiting until after the election, regardless of who wins, you could argue that the if a Democratic nominee were to win, whoever that will end up being, right. they may be as tough as well. Well, why not? You don't hear it from the left. You don't hear them
2: saying, oh, we're being too, too no, remember, uh, easy on China. Remember, they had decided to uh, get out of the coal business. Suddenly, they're back in opening a coal plant every other day. I mean... That stuff. Eighteen percent of that ends up in California. China
0: now, getting back into the coal business. No,
2: right? Not Poland.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just. Listen, when you stay, do you understand what I do on the show? Do you know my role here? It's to translate you to them. You know that, right? You, you can get Google.
2: There's a Google Kramer translator. Okay, but that's what no, I'm. Here no, for. no, 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 no. you start I, making China, sense, 18 go of that pollution ends up in China. I mean, in California, there's I, a new one. for I, you. I know that I they have started open them after no. making all, significant all,
0: initiatives on all. new energy. By the way, they still are doing a lot of right. solar. Um, no, in China. They have an
2: all system. They have that. But they system. are.
0: They are starting. Right. Coal has. Well, you'd imagine they wouldn't, given the air pollution problems. But
2: right. Yes. How did you guys get Andy Jassy? Is that Andy Jassy later today. Uh, John oh, Forts out there. He's that's fantastic. The, uh, doing it's doing the, this great book at conference. But anyway, I do believe that. Yeah, I mean, things are in a little disarray. The president didn't like the. You know, there was this great moment when he said, I don't like these companies either. But if,
1: well, his actual I quote is, tire. if anyone's going to take advantage of the American companies, it's going to be us. It's not going to be France. That's the, what he was referring to regarding this digital tax. It's very
2: interesting because you know, Zuckerberg comes out yesterday in a defiant going to take money from anybody versus like Jack, uh, Jack's kind of moved the office there.
1: He's moving to, yes. The guy, you guys months. covered that yesterday. Yeah, yeah only see it? six yeah, months. Jack Dorsey, the CEO of
2: Twitter and Square, that saying right. that they, he would spend six months potentially. That's fine. Why not? Africa. They have offices in 30 different countries. But I, I, I do think that what's happened is, is that the president was very angry. He was very upset. And he used the 2020 card because I think he's tired of hearing the Chinese playing the long game. He's tired of, of, of finding out that the Mnuchin Wing, once again, has screwed up. But he doesn't want to say, you know, Larry, no. Because Larry Kudlow, the chief economic advisor, very important to stabilize the market. So I'd like to hear from Larry later today. We're going to hear from
1: Wilbur Ross later.
2: No, not good enough. We need Larry.
1: We're going to hear from Wilbur. Reuters has a piece that okay. uh, Treasury considered kicking Huawei out of the banking system uh, and that it's still something that is on the table that they could go back to.
2: Yeah, and how about the fact that Huawei was able to build things that we told we were thought they couldn't build without U.S. US technology?
0: But you know as well as I do. Tomorrow we could get reports that say we're this close again from having a deal. Well, uh,
2: okay, I'm not disagreeing on that, but I do think that you can't. My advice: stop talking to reporters. <clears throat> the minutia wink goes, "Hey, they talk to anybody." I mean, like a, a reporter. I mean, like a, they, could, they could have a reporter from the DC school district, and they would talk. So to So we're him.
1: back to the Navarro rule: only believe it if you hear it directly from the White House. Yes. Yes. All I mean, the reports are false.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think Mnuchin was, I think he was <laughs> talking to well, the, the um, made it very clear in his Montgomery County, County Senate. I'm
0: the one who decides, I'm the one, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, that's good. Well, I think that the Mnuchin wing is, uh, they love the press. They like it. And the president doesn't like that. I learned that from Comey. That's interesting. The president doesn't like leaks. He so they want to he keep their the mouth shut They want to keep their jobs. And I have no desire to take their job. I just want to make that point. By the way, they've held their jobs
0: longer than most. So, well, has been in that job the whole time. That fellow was well, that, that fellow was at Exxon. He didn't last long. No, Mister Tillerson, Tillerson. Tillerson did not. And well, when you and, call the president, by the way, we could go Anderson. through a long list of people who haven't. You but think the, so? But Mnuchin You should has. read
2: Deep State. It's very interesting.
0: i You know what? I will. I'm working on through. I'm almost done with Iger's book now. Have you read that? I loved Iger's book.
2: How about when he was almost fired? How about the stuff with his dad? And
0: I, I read the. I'm reading the whole thing though. Unlike you, you
2: I
1: read the whole thing. Do you think Jim goes to the back and looks for oh, his name? Is that yeah. what it is? No, I went to the back. at the very No, I went to the back and I looked work. up
2: David Faber's name, <laughs> and there it is on page 168 no, that you it. said, Holy crap. It was 218.
0: But no, oh, i not, not saying. really pathetic. That's, that's, that
2: but actually, I am reading the entire thing. <laughs> it's a good book. It is really good. It, it should have been written after he retired. Because no, really, there's a lot of people in it that are like, Holy cow, I didn't know he didn't like me. But no, I haven't read Deep State. But but ESPN Plus. What is this? Oprah's Book Club?
1: Come on, guys. Jeez. All right. Let's let's get back (laughs) to (laughs) more things about the president.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just a pleasure to have someone say you don't have to move on yet.
1: We, it's because we're waiting for this bilateral meeting between uh, the oh, president I, and Macron, which is a completely different issue. Uh, you recall that Macron said that NATO was suffering brain death when it came to yeah, the U.S. commitment to the alliance. Uh, Trump has said that was a very, very nasty statement. So this bilat might be a little spicy. Yeah. You know, it's
2: interesting because Macron was our friend and it was Merkel that was our enemy. Remember that? It's hard to keep track. It's incredibly hard to keep track and- I do know that nato was germany was the one that hadn't paid enough but that seems to be- well
1: this uh, so ustr has their uh section 301 investigation it's online right you can look at what they're saying about the digital services tax and in that it has a line that says we we're exploring whether to open similar probes into australia and italy and turkey and now you got Brazil, Argentina with steel. Brazil, What's going Argentina on? Why in front is it of
0: hundred percent on wine? Hundred percent on,
1: on French goods, which is
0: now twenty five. Why has the trade war?
1: Why do you think the trade war has gone global? And is it a coincidence well, the that it's Chinese happening? China's figured it out
2: again. They figured out you just transship the darn steel to Argentina and it gets dumped to get in our country. So it's like fighting water. Yeah, it is right, like fighting water. But it's not water. like
0: they're they're taking French wine, hundred percent on French <laughs> wine. Come on. Oh, I don't like French wine. I, I would think with twenty five percent right now, French wine is probably not doing as nearly well. Have you wild.
1: seen this morning? LVMH, Dior,
2: Hermes,
0: stocks right? Are getting
1: so hard stocks hard are LVMH of
2: had a great quarter. Bernard on the, oh no, I know that was pretty smart to get Tiffany's last minute there, right? He bought Tiffany's, Tiffany's still American company. One thirty five a share in Cad. I had the Cad this weekend. Say yeah, again, the Cad, C A D. Yeah, the Contessa, Opus One, and oh. The Schrader. Oh, you dropped some Opus One. You had some all of them. The, all them. of them, and I got to tell you something. The so, hell with French wine. So good. Oh <laughs> you can God. use that stuff. You can jump it, dump it in a stew yeah. for all I care. That's really rude.
0: Why? Just if fun. you want to get rid of your French wine, just send it over
1: to me. I will. I'm happy to. Thank you. A lot of it's skank anyway. So we're, we're eating freedom fries now? Is that the next yeah, thing what's going on here? She <laughs> knows my
2: favorite place on earth. I'll hit there after, the, we, uh, lose the, after we beat the Giants on Monday.
1: <laughs> That's not going to be
2: too hard for you.
1: The other big story tonight, Miami, Jim, as you know, uh, is going to be Salesforce Workday. Uh, uh, whether we get an update on cloud, short interest is up, uh, <laughs> expectations are high, would you argue? Okay, so Cooper reported an amazing number last night.
2: Every line was better. Cooper does procurement. It's a really fantastic company. They're able to save everybody like a million dollars procurement. I, I like to read the quarters in a vacuum. And I said, oh, my God, this is beaten, and beaten, beat and race, beat and, raise, beat and raise. Stock's down nine. So what if Cooper, that's the, the Cooper's actually initials. It's an acronym. Okay. Not unlike, not unlike, uh, Fang, and it, it was an amazing quarter. So if that's down line, I don't think it matters if, if Mark Benioff says, you know what, I think that Mark Zuckerberg going to change his view, and it's no longer need, to, it's no longer cancer. It's not that Koopa was horrible in terms of the stock mm-hmm. and great in terms of the conference call. So I think that makes it so the bars change. People should watch Koopa; it's a very important company, and they're on. It
1: very nice oh, it's going to be an interesting afternoon and morning uh, when we come back amazon in the cloud as you heard jim say john ford has an exclusive with aws chief andy jassy we'll show you some of that we'll get kramer's matt dash countdown to the opening bell as futures are close to the lows of the session on these trade comments back in a moment
4: what's on the horizon for financial markets
0: We've got 12 minutes before we get to uh, an opening bell. Time to get in a mad dash. We'll stay seated today.
2: Uh, FedEx? Yeah, FedEx is a company that a lot of people want to own because we all know it, we all like it. KeyBank put out an incredibly difficult piece to try to fathom. They say, listen, not expecting a near-term inflection when it comes to the holiday season. However, they do say that margins are potentially bottoming. So then you wonder, how about buying UPS instead? UPS is more levered right now to the uh, consumer than the enterprise. And FedEx has got this big China business, obviously, that takes a hit today. Um, I would point out, these are great American companies. And at a certain point, you're just going to have to want to buy FedEx. But this key bank piece discouraged me. What was key key about the piece that was particularly discouraging? Uh, Macro weakness, negatively impacting mix. Uh, and, And, you know, when I hear macro weakness, what that means is trade. right? And I do think that A lot of people believe, you know what, when I saw Cyber Monday, it was the most, most, most yesterday. Why not buy FedEx? This piece says don't. Don't do that. We've talked a good amount about FedEx, which is down over 30 percent over the last
0: 12 months as a company, uh, as a stock. Um, And we've wondered aloud about some of the leadership there at this point. Yes, we have. Uh, And you have.
2: Yeah, I have, because I'm I'm trying to figure out how an unbelievable leader. In this industry, does not have a better handle on macroeconomics. But then you can say, well, how about a Fred Smith? We're here right now. as an economist. He would say, how do I get a better handle on it? On Friday we had a trade deal. On Monday we didn't have a trade deal. I mean, in some degree, what he's saying is, hey, I got to deal with Amazon on the one hand. I got to get rid of Amazon. That I know I got a lot of money. But then people say, oh, don't get rid of Amazon. I like it. But he's, he's, he's good. Context, a so there
0: is, there are some critics who say, hey, you know what, UPS took the pain, spent the money. David Abney did do that. And that FedEx perhaps didn't do as much as it might have to ready itself for this.
2: Ab- Abney spent fortunes and missed several po- several years. Yeah. But it turns out that he, he was right. I think he's a very soft-spoken gentleman who, if he gets that, he needs, by the way, U.S.-Mexico Canada deal. He would tell you that point blank. And that seems to be stuck in Nancy Pelosi's uh, bailiwick. But I guess UPS is what I'm saying is the one to buy if FedEx goes down. Because David Abney has really demonstrated a very longer-term vision than a lot of people felt was possible from a very soft-spoken man who had a kind of a much more of a rank-and-file feel to him.
1: Well, he is. He's originally rank-and-file. Isn't that great?
2: You know, they make you return the hat if you're a um, temporary worker because people impersonate So you always have to return the hat. One of my best friend's kids had the hat. Looked like a king. Right. That goes back.
1: My favorite is they teach you how to hold the keys as you're approaching the van is to that, shave the half 2nd off that your top. brilliant. Yes. I mean, if you
2: guys don't tip your UPS parcel, man, shame on you. Shame on you. There. That's today's tip for the day. Thank you. You're
0: welcome. Thank you. Stick around for a lot more tips. A squawk on the street gets you ready for that opening bell a few minutes from now.
4: You seek the key.
1: If you just join us, futures down 300 as the uh, president at the NATO conference uh, says it might be better to wait until after the 2020 election for a China deal. That's pretty much the overarching narrative this morning uh, as the market is lower. Opening bells coming up in just about six minutes. We take you to the NATO conference where the president's beginning his bilateral with Macron.
3: Report on it. We talked about it, and please uh, give my condolences to the families and to France. Uh, Great fighters. You've done a fantastic job in that whole area. It's a tough area, so we appreciate it very much. We'll be talking about a lot of things, including NATO and including trade. We do a lot of trade with France. We have a minor dispute. I think we'll probably be able to work it out. But uh, we have a big trade relationship, and... uh, I'm sure that within a short period of time, things will be looking very rosy, we hope. Uh, that's usually the case with the two of us. We get it worked out. We've had a lot of good lot of good things. We've done a lot of good things together as partners. Our countries have been partners in uh, many good ventures, including some having to do with radical Islam and others. And uh, it's always worked out. So I look forward to our discussion. We made a lot of progress in our first 25 minutes. And we intend to make a lot of progress in our next uh, hour, maybe hour and a half. So thank you very much. Okay.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Merci beaucoup, Monsieur le Président. Je suis heureux encore de retrouver le président Trump ici, euh, ici à Londres. Comme euh, d'abord, je tiens à le remercier pour ses condoléances et les mots qu'il a eus pour, euh, pour nos soldats. Nous avons rendu euh, hier un hommage national à Paris. nos trés soldats sont tombés sur le théâtre d'opération Et merci pour pour cette solidarité et, et aussi l'implication de vos soldats sur le terrain dans cette lutte contre le terrorisme. Le président l'a dit. Nous avons commencé nos discussions. Nous allons les poursuivre. D'abord sur le plan bilatéral des sujets économiques, commerciaux, dont nous allons à coup sûr une fois encore trouver l'issue. Nous avons commencé à en parler à Biarritz. Là aussi pour ce qui s'agit sur le numérique des sujets commerciaux et l'ambition que nous avons aussi pour nos économies. Il y a également les sujets qui concernent l'OTAN. Là aussi, nous avons également commencé à parler de plusieurs crises internationales pour, pour nous coordonner. Et il est clair que nous aurons, lors de ce sommet, des discussions importantes, qu'elles concernent d'ailleurs l'implication des différents membres et de l'OTAN en tant qu'organisation au sein de la coalition internationale en Syrie, comme les travaux que nous menons ensemble sur, sur les différents sujets. J'ai eu le question de le dire à plusieurs reprises. La coopération entre nos deux pays, qu'elle soit militaire, économique, diplomatique, qui est importante. Il nous arrive parfois de ne pas être d'accord, on l'a eu sur le climat, mais sur la lutte contre le terrorisme sur les engagements essentiels. Nos soldats, nos équipes travaillent euh, côte à côte et nous décidons, euh, je crois pouvoir le dire, en partageant euh, cette finalité Et nous avons toujours su euh, trouver une solution euh, aux problèmes qui nous étaient posés. Donc je suis très heureux de pouvoir avoir cet échange, le poursuis dans un instant, et surtout de pouvoir faire avancer les choses ensuite lors de ce sommet qui répondre à des questions fondamentales pour l'organisation qui n'ont pas été traités, alors. Comment bâtir une vie plus durable en Europe avec beaucoup de menaces aux frontières, parfois des frontières Comment aussi agir plus et efficacement face à nos ennemis communs, en particulier terrorisme, le terrorisme et là aussi, il faut que tout le monde autour de la table puis, again, soit parfaitement clair sur les, les définitions, définitions les finalités et que nous partageons cela ensemble.
3: Okay, thank you very much. You. President, President Trump, do you have a better understanding of what President Macron was saying about NATO? Well, we just began discussing NATO, and uh, what I'm liking about NATO is that a lot of countries have stepped up. I think, really, at my behest, and also yourself, you're close to the level. Uh, but uh, they've stepped up and they put up a lot of money. I, I told you it was $130 million dollars. 130 billion dollars and that's a lot and they're now stepping up again. It's going to be four hundred billion dollars Over (coughs) the very short we have commitments for four hundred billion dollars and we just left the secretary general and he He's got some things that are very important and I discussed with him the flexibility so that we have it Not just with one area of the world you and I discuss this all the time we have all areas of the world because NATO is a lot different than it was. And now it's certainly a lot different over the last three years. So we have a lot of com- countries stepping up and putting up a lot of money. Uh, the number as of this moment is exactly $131 billion. That's a year. And that's a tremendous amount of money. But it's not enough. And they also raise and have commitments for $400 billion. So NATO, which was really heading in the wrong direction, three years ago was heading down. If you look at a graph, it was to a point where I don't think they could have gone on much longer. Now it's actually very strong and getting stronger. Uh, Many people are committed to that 2%, and ultimately I think the 2% will be raised. And uh, the President and I, I think, feel that we need more flexibility, and I think we both agree on that, so that we can use it for other things, not just uh, looking at one specific country. a lot of people say it was meant to look at, at originally the Soviet Union, now Russia. But we also have other things to look at, whether it's uh, radical Islamic terrorism, whether it's the tremendous growth of China. Uh, there are a lot of other things. So NATO's becoming uh, different than it was, much bigger than it was, and much stronger <coughs> than it was because people are now fulfilling their commitments. There are some countries that aren't fulfilling their commitment, and those countries are going to be dealt with Maybe I'll deal with them from a trade standpoint. Maybe I'll deal with them in a different way. I'll work something out where they have to pay. But, you know, we don't want to have people delinquent. We don't have... I don't think it's fair for us to be involved, including France, by the way, to be involved, and you have countries that aren't paying their way. They, you know, less than 1%. You have a couple that are less than 1%. Not fair. So... NATO's made a lot of progress over the last three years, and the word flexibility is very important. They're not just looking at one area now, they're looking at the world, and that's very important. To me, it's very important. Please.
5: No, I, I know that my, my statements created some reactions and shake a little bit. A lot of people, I, I, I do stand by. And, and I have to say, when you look at what, what NATO even should be, first of all, this is a burden we share. And President Trump just reminded you some figures and the fact that it is perfectly true that the US overinvested decade after decade and it is number one by far. And I do share the statement. That's why I'm a strong supporter of a stronger European component in NATO, which is exactly what we are doing. So, in terms of cost-sharing, we are investing 1.9% of our GDP, we are increasing our GDP, we will be at the running. But when we speak about NATO, it's not just about money. We have to be respectful with our soldiers. The first burden we share, the first cost we pay, is our soldiers' lives. And I do believe that, in such a circumstances, we do pay what we have to pay for collective security. When I look at the situation in Syria, Iraq, but as well in Sahel, France is definitely present. But my third point is that we have today strategic implications to be, to be done. It's impossible just to say we have to put money, we have to put soldiers, without to be clear on the fundamentals of what NATO should be. And this is not the case today. What about peace in Europe? I want a clarification about that. After the decision of the end of the INF Treaty, we have to build something new, because now this is a risk for Germany, France, and a lot of European countries to have new missiles coming from Russia, exposing us. We need such a clarification. And I want the European component to be part of the future negotiations of such a, a new INF When we speak about the enemy, I would say, of the alliance, what is the objective? To protect our partners against external threats, and France will do it, and we will have full solidarity vis-à-vis eastern and northern states in Europe. But the common enemy today are the terrorist groups, as as we mentioned. And I'm sorry to say that we don't have the same definition of terrorism around the table. When I look at Turkey, they now are fighting against those who fight with us, who fought with us, shoulder to shoulder, against ISIS. And sometimes they work with ISIS proxies. This is an issue, and this is a strategic issue. If we just have discussion about what we pay, and we don't have clear discussions about such a situation, we are not serious. We are not serious for our soldiers. We are not serious for our people. This is the very reason of my statement. I do believe we need strategic clarifications. How to build long-term peace in Europe. Who is the enemy today? And let's be clear and work on together on that. I know that we do share exactly the same. Having less budget exposure of the US means more European investment and more clarity on the European side. I do agree. Being strict and very efficient against terrorist groups means having clear, clear definition of these groups and no ambiguity. I think we do agree. One thing I will
3: also, I'd like to say that you've been really doing a great job in Africa, and you've been very much involved there, more than most, and that's been fantastic. Uh, I appreciate you saying the United States for decades have been paying really, way, way disproportionately too much for NATO. And you'd have other countries paying far too little that are very directly benefited by it uh, and by the United States involvement. And we're changing that around somewhat, and it's very important. But we're a very important player. I think, without us, NATO certainly is not the same thing as we discuss and discuss it at length. This morning, we discussed it with Secretary General Soltenberg, uh, but we're behind you 100%, and uh, all of the money that's been raised, and all of these countries that are all of a sudden putting up money, it's a great thing to see. But we do have a great, uh, uh, we really have a different objective, I think, right now. We're looking at a much bigger picture, and that includes, uh, well, it includes, you mentioned Iraq, but it really includes Iran, too, I think, that if you look at what's going on in Iran, they have <coughs> massive riots. They're having. Protests all over the country and they're killing a lot of people. Everybody knows that. That's why they turned off their internet system so nobody can find out. But if the media would go there, and it's, I think, very hard for the media to go there, frankly, right now, but they're killing a lot of people. Uh, But NATO has come a long way in three years, and it's something that uh, we're very proud of because we're with them. And NATO serves a fantastic function if everybody's involved. If they're not involved... And I really believe that the president is very much involved and likes the idea of NATO, but he wants it also to be utilized properly. If it's not utilized properly, we all agree, right? That's no good. So uh, we've had a very good discussion. A lot of people, and we're meeting with a lot of countries later, as you know, and they're really stepping up. For the most part, they're all stepping up. We have one or two that aren't, and we'll have to deal with them in a different way. Maybe we, as I said, we'll deal with them on trade. We have a lot of power with respect to trade. They make a fortune with the United States and then they don't pay their bills. That's no good. But NATO's come a long way in three years and it's become uh, very powerful. I think very, very powerful. And it's become, I think, a much fairer uh, statement in terms of the United States because we're able to go down a little bit. We were paying 4 to 4.3% of the largest GDP ever. Nobody's ever had a GDP like we have right now. And nobody's to come close. And other people were paying one percent, some people were paying less than one percent of a very small GDP. It's not fair. And if they get attacked, we protect them, but it's not fair. So a lot of changes have been made. Phil go ahead.
1: Yeah. Mr. President, what is your message to President Macron about America's <coughs> tech companies and what will your process be in determining what additional products from France you might apply
3: tariffs? Right. Well, we're working on that right now. We all we have discussed it. I think we'll be able to work something out, I hope. And maybe not. Maybe we'll do it through taxing. You know, we can work it out easily through taxing. But uh, the techs, you know, they're American companies. The tech companies that you're talking about, they're not my favorite people because they're not exactly for me, but that's okay. I don't care. They're American companies. And we want to tax American companies, So That's important. We want to tax them. That's not for somebody else to tax them. And as uh, the president knows, we taxed wine and we have other taxes scheduled. But we'd rather not do that. But that's the way it would work. So it's either going to work out or we'll work out some mutually beneficial tax. And the tax will be substantial. And I'm not sure it's going to come to that, but it might.
5: Mr. President, has France committed to scat off when investigating back foreign fighters?
3: Well, I haven't asked that to the President today. I have over the period of time. We have uh, a tremendous amount of captured fighters, ISIS fighters, over in Syria. And uh, they're all under lock and key. But many are from France, many are from Germany, many are from UK. They're mostly from Europe. And some of the countries are agreeing. I have not spoken to the President about that. Uh, Would you like some nice ISIS fighters?
5: Look, I can
3: give it them to you. You
5: can take everyone you want. <clears throat> Let's be serious. Uh, the very large number of fighters you have on the ground are the fighters coming from Syria, from Iraq, and the region. It is true that you have foreign fighters coming from Europe, but this is a tiny minority of the overall problem we have in the region. And I think number one priority, because it's not yet finished, is to get rid of ISIS and the terrorist groups. This is our number one priority. And it's not yet done. I'm sorry to say that. You you still have fighters in this region. In Syria and now in Iraq. And more and more. And the whole destabilization of the region makes the situation more difficult to fix the situation against ISIS. Second, some of these foreign fighters are being judged in Iraq because of the deeds uh, precisely uh, 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 they acted in this, uh, in this very region. And we will have a case-by-case approach. We have a humanitarian approach for children, already organized, and we will have a case-by-case approach. But for me, the very first objective in the region is to finish war against ISIS. And, and, and don't, don't make any mistake. Your number one problem are not the foreign fighters. This is the ISIS fighters in the region. And you have more and more of these fighters due to the situation today. This is why he's a great
3: politician, because that was one of the greatest non-answers I've ever heard. <laughs> and that's okay.
5: Because sometimes there are, there is, if you can have some temptation from the, U- the U.S. side, I don't say about President Trump, but could be the press, to say this is the European responsibility. I'm sorry to say that. We have some of our people. But if you don't look at the reality of the situation that is number one, not to be ambiguous with these groups. This is why we started to discuss about our relations with Turkey. But I think any ambiguity with Turkey vis-a-vis these groups is detrimental to everybody for the situation on the ground.
3: France has actually taken back some fighters. Uh, but we have a lot of fighters. We captured a lot of people. And we <coughs> have captured 100% of the caliphate, but you know that that means that it's still that they keep going and going. Uh, we set a small contingent in, and we wiped out another portion of ISIS. We don't want to happen, uh, to me, what happened with President Obama, where it reformed, and then it became stronger than it was in the first place. So we don't want that to happen. And as I said before, we've taken the oil. We have the oil. So we have total control of the oil, so that they're not going to be able to use that. They use that oil to to really uh, to fuel up their wealth, to fuel up their their money that was their primary source of income and they get contributions so we have now lists of where these contributions come from which is very important you have people contributing if you can believe it some of these people are wealthy people that make contributions and we have lists of where we we learned a lot you know when we got al Baghdadi, that was a great get and when we killed him uh, we have a lot of information that uh, I'm revealing now for the first time, but we also got a lot of good information. So, uh, a lot of things are happening, and uh, France has been very helpful, I have to say that. Uh, they've been very, very helpful. Okay? Go ahead. Any other questions,
1: please?
5: How do you see avec beaucoup de pragmatisme et avec la volonté de faire avancer les sujets, comme toujours. sont les intérêts de la France, c'est aussi une position européenne. Et je le fais avec le, le souci également d'avoir une relation amicale et constructive avec les États-Unis d'Amérique. Et c'est ce que nous avons toujours privilégié avec le Président. On a une discussion sur l'OTAN. Je viens de réexpliquer quelle était notre position. Et elle est assumée. Elle est assumée parce que nous sommes engagés militairement dans des théâtres d'opérations qui supposent la cartée. Ça a été évoqué. Il y a des sujets, ça a été évoqué par votre collègue américain qui euh, ont été révélés hier, celui de la taxe numérique. Sur ce sujet, je peux vous apporter une réponse extrêmement claire. Le premier, pourquoi on en est à cette situation Parce qu'aujourd'hui, nous avons des entreprises numériques, quelle qu'en soit la nationalité, qui concurrencent les entreprises de l'économie réelle et qui ont 14 points de fiscalité en moins. Voilà. Donc il y a un billet, pas juste. Nous avons, sur la base de la proposition de la Commission européenne, passé une taxe numérique. Elle ne vise pas du tout les acteurs américains. Les entreprises françaises, chinoises, de toutes les nationalités sont touchées. Elle permet de corriger pour une partie d'entre elles cet écart et de répondre à une nécessité. La France l'a fait avec d'autres pays. Et donc, euh, on aura en parlé, ma première interrogation, qu'est-ce qui va se passer pour le Royaume-Uni, qui a pris la même taxe, pour l'Italie, même taxe, l'Autriche, l'Espagne, qui l'ont fait sur la base de la proposition de la Commission Parce que si on est sérieux, il faudra que tous ces pays soient traités à la même enseigne. Donc, nous sommes là dans une phase qui va rentrer, de discussion qui va se poursuivre dans les prochaines semaines. Et je pense qu'avec le président Trump, nous pouvons régler cette situation. Et ce qui avait été d'ailleurs discuté à Biarritz, et je regrette que cette solution soit abandonnée, parce qu'elle était bien meilleure et pour les États-Unis et pour l'Europe, c'est d'avoir une taxe au niveau de l'OCDE. C'est d'avoir une vraie taxe multilatérale qui permet de, de ne faire aucune distinction, aucun biais, mais de taxer ses activités numériques par rapport aux biais qu'elle crée dans chaque pays. On va voir ce que donne les discussions dans les prochaines semaines, mais elles impliqueront de toute façon une réponse européenne, car en la matière, pas la France qui serait sanctionnée ou attaquée, c'est l'Europe. Et donc la Commission s'est exprimée ce matin pour apporter son soutien, et c'est la Commission européenne aussi qui aura à réagir. Il si devait y avoir une escalade, mais moi j'ai plutôt confiance dans le fait que là aussi on sera trouvé une solution ensemble. Donc voilà, n'appartient ne pas de, de commenter tel ou tel propos, mais de vous dire que pour ma part,
1: je suis déterminé
5: à défendre les intérêts de notre pays, à défendre les intérêts européens, et à le faire dans le plus grand respect et l'amitié avec les États-Unis d'Amérique et le camp de la liberté.
4: Et je suis I d'accord avec
5: ça.
3: Je dois juste dire I j'ai into a position où l'Union européenne was making anywhere from 100 to $150 billion a year in deficits to the United States. Uh, they were making it and we were losing it. And so we had to do something that uh, is fair. Not severe, I think fair. We're losing tremendous amounts of money. Uh, as you know, the European Union is very strong in barriers. Barriers, meaning certain of our products can't come in, including agricultural products. Uh, it just can't come in. We can't sell it. And yet the European Union sells openly to the United States and generally untaxed or taxed at a low level. So these are problems that we're talking about. These are problems that we're working out. And, you know, uh, the digital tax is the least out of it. Uh, uh, I inherited a situation where the European Union, which was formed partially for this reason, I guess for a lot of reasons it was formed, but partially to... Uh, make better or take advantage of the United States. And they've done that very brilliantly. And frankly, uh, it's not right. So uh, I've exposed it. A lot of people didn't know it. And we're doing things about it. We have no choice because the United States can't continue to lose the kind of money that they've lost over the last, literally since the formation of the European Union. Uh, And I think we'll work something out. Uh, They want to talk, as you know, the new head wants to talk who's uh, supposed to be a very respected woman, uh, very highly respected, and I look forward to meeting her. They want to meet. But we have a very unfair trade situation where the U.S. loses a lot of money for many, many years with the European Union. Uh, billions and billions of dollars. I mean, to be specific, 100, over $150 billion a year. So we don't want to be doing that. And we, we can... Make a deal. We can take a harsh approach. We can solve that problem instantaneously if we wanted to, but I don't want to do that. These are friends of ours. These are people that we've had very extraordinary relationships with, and I do personally. And I'm sure we can work something out. You mentioned earlier the uh, Iran protest. Does the United States support these protesters in Iran? I don't want to comment on that. But the answer is no. But I don't want to comment on that. Mr. President, on
5: Turkey, uh, President MacArthur.
2: Said he said you wanted the United States to do more in terms of standing up to President Erdogan and clarifying the terms of that relationship. Are you supportive of those efforts by other NATO allies, are you standing in the way of that?
3: Well, I can only say we have a very good relationship with Turkey and with President Erdogan. I do. Uh, I, I can't speak for the president of France tonight. I mean, we have a very good relationship. Uh, we pulled our soldiers out, and we said, you can patrol your own border now. I don't care who you do it with, but we're not going to have soldiers controlling the border that's been fought over for 2,000 years. Uh, but we took our soldiers out. We put some of those soldiers around the oil, where we've captured the oil and taken the oil. And we have the oil. Uh, but we've And we've brought some home. And we will be bringing some home. And we've sent some to other areas. Okay. Sir, but, but we have a very good relationship with Turkey. Mr.
5: President. Uh, and just on Turkey, to be clear, we have a lot of collaborations with Turkey on security, trade, migration and so on. There is a full-fledged agenda with the European Union in France. I do respect all leaders, whatever they can say, even bad things about my fault. I do respect. I never insulted anybody. But now the question for this NATO summit. I think we need clarification from the Turkish side. This is not us to qualify them but and what they are doing. But I I, I I, do believe at least we have two clarifications to be asked. How is it possible to be a member of the alliance, to work with all of us, to buy our mothers to be integrated and to buy the S-400 from Russia? Technically, it is not possible. Two clarifications <laughs> to be provided by the Turkish president as far as he wants to be part. Second, I understand from Turkey that they want to block all the declarations of the summit if we do not agree about their definition of terrorist organization. Qualifying YPG and the others as terrorist groups, which is not our definition. These two points have to be clarified if they want to, to be a serious member of the alliance. <laughs> Mr. President, will you...
3: This is really why we're having meetings. Those are our points. And we'll be discussing that with the President today. Yes.
1: Mr.
5: President, will you uh, issue sanctions on Turkey over their purchase of the S-400 missile system?
3: We're looking at it now. And we're talking about it now. As you know, Turkey wanted to buy our Patriot system, and the Obama administration wouldn't let them. And they only let them when they were ready to buy another system, which is not the same system. Uh, But Turkey, for a long period of time, wanted very much to buy the Patriot system, which is our system, which is what NATO uses, which is a great system, which is the best system. But they wouldn't sell it to Turkey. So you know, there are two sides of the story. I have to say this. Uh, But we will be discussing that with Turkey in a little while. We'll be meeting with Turkey
5: in a little while, and also tomorrow. But to be clear about, about this point, and to, for you to have uh, the full overview, they were discussing with the Europeans on PT, and uh, we accepted to sell the SAMPT to them. So this decision is not due, and 100% explained by the refusal a few years ago of the Americans not to sell the Patriots. It's uh, their own decision, even having a European option totally compliant with NATO. So they decided not to be compliant with NATO. Sir, Mr.
1: President, Prime Minister Johnson, I believe, is organizing some sort of discussion later today about the Syria conflict. Are you going to take part in that and meet with him? And if not, why...
3: Are you talking about Ambassador? Boris Johnson, Johnson, the Prime Minister. Oh, I thought you meant Woody Johnson. No. I said, boy, he's really risen rapidly. (laughs) (laughs) where is Woody? Is he here? He's not here. This is his house. I can't believe he's not here. Uh, Yes, we'll be meeting with uh, Prime Minister Johnson in a little while. I'll be seeing him later on. Uh, We're going over to number 10, which is a very exciting place to be, as you know. Uh, And we'll be discussing a lot of different things. Yes.
1: And one other related question. The, The London Bridge attack from a few days ago. Do you have any comment? No,
3: I I don't have a comment on the London Bridge attack other than to say that I was very proud of those people that grabbed him and did such a good job between the fire extinguishers and whatever else. It was an amazing job they did, and he was very violent. You could see that. I mean, this was captured very much on tape. Uh, I think the the way the... uh, I think they were British citizens. The way they stepped up was incredible. That was really great. So... uh, Terrible thing, terrible attack. A lot of people uh, very badly hurt. I believe three or four killed. Is it four now today? Uh, So, it's terrible. It's a terrible thing, and I know it's an act of terrorism. It's been declared an act of terrorism. Radical Islamic terrorism, by the way. And it's uh, very bad, very bad. But I think the the way they stepped up, to me, that was something very special.
5: Okay? Mr. Trump, a question on Russia? Mr. Macron says that uh, Russia shouldn't be designated as um, as an adversary of of, uh, NATO. Do you agree with that? Uh, Do you think uh, Russia is the enemy? And Mr. Macron, who is the enemy today?
3: I don't think he does feel that. I think we get along with Russia. I think we can get along with Russia. I think you feel we can get along with Russia. We've discussed that before. But certainly we have to be prepared. Whether it's Russia or somebody else, we have to be prepared. But he and I have a pretty similar view on that. I think we feel that we can get along with Russia. And I think it's a good thing to get along with Russia. And uh, I campaigned on it. I mean, i go into big stadiums, people like it. And I think the Russian people would like to see it too. A lot of, A lot of good can come out of it. But the purpose of NATO is that, but the purpose of NATO can be much more. And that's where we're showing the flexibility over the last period of two years.
5: Pour être clair sur votre question, l'Alliance s'est organisée pour en effet faire face à la Russie historiquement. Je pense qu'aujourd'hui, il nous faut regarder la nouvelle situation historique et aussi notre géographie, j'ai Je n'ai aucune naïveté à l'égard de la Russie. Et nous sommes très conscients sur les attaques cyber qu'il y a pu avoir, sur les conflits gelés qu'il y a en terre de l'Europe, et y compris sur la crise ukrainienne que nous vivons. Est-ce que le statu quo est la meilleure des options Je ne crois pas. Et donc, nous devons engager une procédure avec quelques préconditions et une méthode. Les préconditions, c'est, on le sait, de savoir avancer sur le conflit ukrainien. C'est ce que nous ferons d'ailleurs le 9 décembre prochain à Paris avec un sommet en format Normandie pour essayer d'acter des avancées entre l'Ukraine et la Russie. Ensuite, c'est de pouvoir définir un agenda où... Les Européens, c'est possible ensuite les membres de l'Alliance, définissent des des procédures, des définitions de menaces communes avec la Russie, de coopération possible en tout cas des escalades. Ça prendra du temps, mais je pense que si nous voulons, d'une part, la stabilité en Europe, d'autre part, réduire la conflictualité, il est important d'initier un dialogue stratégique avec la Russie. Il faut le faire sans aucune naïveté, et il faut le faire en étant conscient aussi Du poids de l'histoire et de la peur que certains pays <t'il> européens ont à l'égard de la Russie. Et je le en ayant beaucoup de respect et d'empathie pour ces derniers. À l'égard de la Pologne, des États baltes, de certains États nordiques, la Roumanie et de quelques autres, nous savons que Ce qui est attendu de nous, c'est aussi de les protéger à l'égard de, de potentielles agressions. Et donc, dans ce cadre-là, nous devons apporter de la visibilité pleine et entière sur les protections que l'Alliance et en son sein l'Europe, que l'Europe peut et doit leur apporter. Et la France y jouera tout son rôle. Enfin, si je pense qu'il y a un ennemi commun, c'est le terrorisme international et en particulier le terrorisme islamiste. Soyons clairs, c'est ce qui si nous conduit à agir ensemble au Levant. Dans le cas d'une coalition internationale, qui est aujourd'hui menée sous responsabilité américaine, mais où l'OTAN est engagée en tant qu'organisation, et comme vous le savez, la France est très présente, c'est aussi ce qui nous conduit à agir au Sahel pour ces conférences. Monsieur le, Monsieur le Président, on, on vous sent déterminé que c'est isolé sur la scène européenne, parce que vous avez parlé de la peur de la Russie, il y a aussi la peur, il faut le dire, des Etats-Unis, de la part de certains de, de vos voisins, euh, qui se disent qu'on ne peut pas avoir à la fois une, une défense européenne forte et être dans, dans l'OTAN, je sais que c'est ce que vous essayez de me dire, vos conseillers disent qu'on peut avoir fromage et dessert, c'est l'expression qui, qui est revenue, Comment vous arriverez à bouger les lignes, sachant qu'il y a des situations politiques un peu compliquées, y compris chez vos voisins, les plus puissants, en Allemagne, en Italie. D'abord parce que c'est un fromage et dessert. Ou alors c'est un fil sec. Parce que en l'espèce, ce dont on parle, c'est d'avoir une Europe qui investit plus dans la défense, qui permettra de réduire l'investissement américain. Donc c'est parfaitement quoi' Mais après, pour être simple, c'est un, un rapport à la souveraineté à la puissance. Il est légitime que les États-Unis d'Amérique nous disent aujourd'hui, pour protéger vos frontières européennes, pour aller régler vos conflits de, de voisinage, qui sont votre voisinage, vous devez être investi. Vous devez payer davantage. Vous devez investir davantage. Devez investir davantage. Devez investir davantage. C'est légitime. Et donc, nous ne sommes pas dans une situation de sortie de la Deuxième Guerre mondiale où, il faut bien le dire, l'Europe était désarmée et où une partie des Européens ne voulait pas du réarmement de certains Européens. Je pense aux Allemands. Et nos mentalités ont été construites pendant des décennies où l'OTAN était d'ailleurs fait pour que certains n'aient pas accès à une souveraineté militaire. Mais quand D'abord parce qu'il n'y a plus de pacte de Varsovie, J'ai cru comprendre que le mur de Berlin était tombé, ça fait quand même 30 ans. Et il y a aussi, depuis plusieurs années, les États-Unis d'Amérique qui nous disent « Prenez vos responsabilités ». Je ne suis pas aussi pessimiste. Ces deux dernières années, on a fait avancer une coopération renforcée un fonds européen de défense, une initiative européenne d'intervention dont tout le monde nous disait qu'elle est était impossible. Maintenant, il y a chaque mois, des nouveaux membres. Les huit membres qui étaient présents le 14 juillet à Paris, Paris. La Grèce nous rejoint, nous l'Italie nous, l'Italie nous, nous rejoint l'Italie nous et ça continue. continue. Et donc les chances avancent. Il y a une vraie naïve et elle continuera d'être là et elle se fera, je dirais, de manière totalement intégrer avec l'OTAN, c'est l'ambiguïté ambiguïtés se lever à l'égard de certains autres qui ont peur. Ça ne suppose pas de se livrer aux menaces extérieures, de se désarmer. Au contraire, ça veut dire une Europe qui prend ses responsabilités au sein de l'Alliance pour alléger la charge des États-Unis d'Amérique et pour porter sa part en l'ordre. D'avoir une discussion euh, maintenant stratégique on va commencer à la voir, j'en ai parlé avec le secrétaire général Sötenberg, on en a, parlé avec, on a commencé à en parler avec le président Trump, mais il est clair que nous devons assurer l'ensemble des pays de l'Europe, et je pense aussi à ceux qui sont à moins de 500 km de la frontière russe, mais ce n'est pas couvert par le traité de de ne pas être exposés à des armements russes. Et donc il nous faut, nous, vérifier la position commune que nous souhaitons prendre, Les parties prenantes à un nouveau traité, c'était jusqu'alors un traité bilatéral, c'est ce que l'Europe prenne ses responsabilités, qu'à la France le fera, comme vous le savez, une puissance dotée et que nous puissions ensuite, une fois cette coordination faite, engager un nouveau dialogue, un nouveau débat avec les Russes pour répondre à ce problème de sécurité et de désarmement sur notre, notre propre sol.
3: And I think the situation in Ukraine is very important. I think that uh, the meetings coming up with Russia and Ukraine are very important. And there's a possibility that some very big progress can be made. It's very important for Ukraine. I think it's very important from the standpoint of Russia also that they work out a treaty, they work out peace, because they've been fighting a long time, too long. And I think there's a really good chance uh, that that will happen. Also. With respect to nuclear weapons, uh, I've spoken to President Putin, and I've uh, communicated with him, and we are, he very much wants to, and so do we, work out a treaty of some kind on nuclear weapons that will probably then that include China at some point, and yourselves, by the way, but it'll include China and some other countries. But uh, we uh, intend to see if we can work something out to stop the proliferation, to stop Uh, What's happening because we are making a lot and we are renovating a lot and uh, frankly uh, The whole situation with nuclear is not a good. It's not a good situation Mm -hmm. We ended the treaty because it wasn't being adhered to by the other side But they want to make a treaty and so do we and I think it would be a great thing I think it's one of the most important things we can do frankly, so uh, we're going to be dealing with Russia on a uh, a treaty where we really and and we're focused on nuclear and nuclear weapons missiles, but nuclear weapons and we think something could be worked out we think they want to do it, we know they want to do it and we want to do it also I spoke to China about it Uh, they, during one of our trade negotiations they were extremely excited about getting involved in that so some very good things could happen with respect to that I think it's very important the whole nuclear situation, very very important Okay. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you that is the president uh, with Macron uh, talking before the bilateral. Covered a bunch of different topics. Uh, ISIS, Syria, Turkey, obviously NATO, the digital tax. Uh, not much of a chance for the president, guys, to walk back his earlier comments this morning about China trade. And because of that, the Dow is down 375, hasn't really uh, had a chance to bounce at all. You, got, you lost 3,100 for the first time since November 22nd. Uh, semis, biggest gap down since August, according to Bespoke. And the VIX, uh, almost 17 and a half, is going to take you back a couple of months. Uh, so the market reaction still uh, echoing off of what the president, uh, David, said earlier this morning about China trade,
0: Yeah, but as you pointed out, I think, on Twitter, Carl, we did not really get a key question in that uh, setting just now that we were watching for the last 30 minutes or so about China specifically uh, so that if there, if there was an opportunity to walk anything back in terms of what the president said earlier, he didn't have it, not that he would have necessarily. Um, it, there were some questions, of course, more about, as you said, NATO and also the digital tax that's being applied in France, which is a hard thing to sort of figure out in some ways in terms of French users of services and that 3% tax, uh, and, you know, this potential uh, additional taxes that could go back and forth. Yeah. He did
1: call it a minor or dispute. tariffs, I
0: should say. Right, the digital
1: yeah. tax, a minor yeah. dispute that he thought could be worked out. So uh, we got some information out of the, that uh, presser right there.
2: You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.